guys, we are here with Janelle Gallucci, regional sales manager at LinkedIn and profesh photographer who started the blog California Travel Gal, which is your guide to unique West Coast weekend getaways and adventures. Welcome, Janelle! Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. Now, Janelle, how and why did you get bitten by the travel bug. Tell us a little bit about like how you got into blogging and weekend destination stuff. Yes, uh, that's a great question. I'm so excited to get into it. Should we share some context on how you and I know each other first? Yeah. Which is actually through our dear friend, dear friend Mandy, Mandy Mooney, who was on in season one yes. talking about pregnancy PC. Yes, and, and it was an amazing episode. I know. I, I kind of think that Mandy's going to ask for a finder's fee because <laughs> we're friends now. <laughs> You know, when, like, you introduce two friends and, like, you know, they become friends, you're kind of like, oh, no. Yes. And do you remember when we first, our first, like, I think, foray into friendship? Do you remember when it was with Mandy? It was at her bachelorette party. Oh, God, yes. Which was such a fun weekend. And I don't know how. I'm, like, a pretty good human in my life. But, like, Mandy's just such an amazing person. Has this amazing caliber of friends. Yes. And for whatever reason, you and I were, like, the bad girls. of Like, we were the naughty girls. (laughs) Like, we stayed up too late, we drank too much, and Mandy is, like, impossible to make angry. She's the sweetest person ever, and somehow, the only time I've ever- We made Mandy mad. We did? Yes. I don't remember that. And that was the the bond that we formed as friends. I don't remember making her mad. Oh, no. It was fun. Oh, no. That's time. Sorry, Mandy. I know. Sorry, Mandy, for ruining your bachelorette party. But it united us, so. It united us. Here you go. And here we are. Here we are. Okay, so that's a little backstory <laughs> on the friendship. We're bad girls. Um, tell us, tell. so how did you get into travel blogging? Yes, great question. Um, so I feel like it deserves a little bit of a, of a backstory. So I was in a, a long-term relationship when I was young, from when I was like 15 to like 23. So like a seven-year relationship was my first boyfriend. We were really serious. We owned a house. We had a dog, like the whole thing. And that was kind of how I became an adult was in that relationship from my teens to my twenties. And him and I, we never, we never went out. We never like did trips together. We were young. Um, and that relationship ended up crashing and burning, which was rough, but, um, brought me to Kevin. And when Kevin and I first started dating, I was living in New York city. We had a similar friend group, so we didn't really want to be like hanging out in New Jersey with our friends. So he started coming to New York to visit me. And that was when we started having fun. So he liked going out to dinner and it turned out I loved going out to dinner too. And then that kind of grew from there where it was like, ooh, we spent really fun day going to brunch and riding bikes in the city. How can we take this to the next level? So we would start to explore places in, um, you know, close proximity to New York City. And I think that was kind of when things like that laid the groundwork. Mm -hmm. What really accelerated it was this career opportunity that I got um, to move out to the West Coast and open up the West Coast office for this company I was working for. So they moved us out here. And we had never been here You were living in Jersey. I was living in New York City. Oh, okay. Um, He was living in Jersey. Mm -hmm. And we agreed to move out to the Bay Area. We'd never been here before. 
And when you grow up on the East Coast, you have dreams of what California is. You know, totally. it's palm trees and beaches. And, yeah. like, turns out, like, our perception of California wasn't totally accurate. But as we've lived here now for six years, it's I'm realizing California is just, it is so much more mm-hmm. than that. You've definitely got the beaches and the warm temperatures and the palm trees. But then you've got mountains. You have lakes. You have wine country. You have, like... You have so- desert. Desert. You have yeah. every single possible type of climate to, to experience. Um, and we had never seen any of it. So when we moved here, we started, I think initially we were like, hmm, I've heard of like Napa and Santa Cruz. Why don't we like go check those places out on a weekend? And uh, it kind of took off from there. We realized wow. like you only have, when you work full time, what do you get? A couple weeks of vacation. And most of us, I think, have a big, maybe one or two times a year, we do a big week long vacation, like mm-hmm. to Mexico or Hawaii or wherever. And it costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of planning and you're, and you're taking your vacation time, which is awesome. So like... Once a year, you get to have this really fun trip. But weekends create this opportunity where you can see more and explore more. And it doesn't have to be this big week or two off of work. Like you can do it on top of working a nine to five job. So I think that was, we started doing those little trips and then it just kind of became addicting. There's so much to see in California and there's so many different landscapes and climates and places to see that we just like got, got hooked to it. That's awesome. Yeah. Name your top three destinations. Mm, so there's, a, we have a bucket list of California and I, I, I like to go see new places, but I find us and me personally going back to a lot of the same places over and over again. So I'd say those are our, our, our favorite places. Mm-hmm. So the first would be Lake Tahoe. Mm. And I think if you're into adventuring, hiking, mountains, lake, that's a, a really cool, cool vibe. Um, the second would probably be Big Sur. Mm. Um, so Big Sur, coastal, really calm. Like we always feel so relaxed when we're in, in Big Sur, much more of a slower pace, like no cell service, like really relaxed. So we go there a lot. Um, and then another favorite of mine would be wine country. Mm. I love Napa. Napa. Um, and Napa, I say Napa is like the, it's not where people that live here like to go because it gets crowded. So I, I like wine country. We've done a lot in Napa, but more so now interested in the surrounding areas of like Dry Creek and Healdsburg and Sonoma and trying to explore new regions. We were just um, last week or the week before at this really amazing uh, area called Jenner. It's on the California coast uh, of Sonoma and they have their own wine region that I didn't even know. So like, wow. it's so fun to start to find, like, as you go to these regions, they all kind of have the same beautiful feel of rolling vineyards, but depending on where you are in California, like the wines taste totally different. So it's, it's really yeah. cool to explore vineyards too. The, so, I mean, the holidays are coming up. Yes. Um, do you have any recommendations for people doing a lot of traveling? I do. Okay, <laughs> let's get into it. Because <sighs> as we talked about, I'm from the East Coast. So um, uh, fortunately slash unfortunately, we find ourselves flying across the country a lot, going home a mm-hmm. lot of times around the holidays. Um, as of now, we've sort of moved away from that because I'm realizing that I think my first tip is if you can avoid <laughs> traveling during the holidays, yeah, do, it. do it. We decided to start spending our Christmas here in California and then go home to New Jersey for a week in July, like a random week. So less crowds, better airfare prices, like yeah. less stress. I mean, the weather. You're not managing the weather. the weather. Yes. Um, though I forgot that it's extremely humid there. So I sort of like made a, mm-hmm. a mistake this summer. But mm-hmm. anywho, I think a couple things come to mind. So... First things first, if you're if you're doing air travel, um, I think it's important to look at um, the days you're flying and the times of day you're flying. 
So if you want to leave, like if Christmas is on a Wednesday and you want to do a Saturday to Saturday, it's like on the either side of straddling Christmas, like those are going to be really expensive flights versus if you can go a little bit creative and get, you know, the, the Thursday before that week and uh-huh. fly home the day of Christmas or Christmas Eve or the day after. Like I think playing around with the timing when you're searching for airfare and looking at those prices, I think is, is huge. Um, What about like also when you book, most people tend to book on the weekends and I've heard a little knack that was like, try to book on Tuesday or during the week when it's not so flooded. Yes. I've heard that too. I don't know that I can, I have the, uh, the data to prove that it's true. Right. I've booked flights on all types of days. I will tell you though, that I, I start researching flights if it's going to be a trip with airfare in advance and I track them over time to sort of see, are they just going up? Are they going down? Like what's happening? Um, there's a a site it's called airfare watchdog. Mm. And if you know you want to take a trip somewhere, you can set up a little alert and it will alert you of the lowest possible price of that route on that day. Wow. So that's a really cool tool to kind of keep your eye on. Ooh, a flight to the East Coast is half the price as normal. I should go grab it. But a lot of times those deals are going to be like on a funky day. They're not going to be like your perfect Saturday to Saturday trip. um, And they may be not ideal times. Times. Red eyes, right, are always really cheap, and I, I've like, I've moved away from red eyes. I can't. I know. I can't do it. I know. I know. <laughs> I need my sleep. I know. It's hard. It, you're just tossing and turning. Yes. The entire time. Yes. I think other things that come to mind are um, the time of day. So whether you're flying or driving, if you can get a start first thing in the morning, you're gonna have a much better travel because if you think about it, around the holidays, there's tons of delays. There's always traffic and airport airport issues and things pop up and those things compound throughout the day. So if you have like a three o'clock flight, you're more in a risky position that that flight could get delayed or canceled or something could happen. Same with traffic. I didn't even think about that. So we always, when we're taking a trip, whether it's air travel or traveling, you know, road trip by car, we always try to get like a five, 6 a.m. start on the day. Mm, It's good. Yeah. You bypass a lot of potential riffraff. Yes, you do. You do. What's the craziest travel experience you've ever had? Um, I love this question. Yeah. Because uh, I think there's a lot of little things that come to mind. I don't think I have one big, like, great, crazy story. Um, I'll tell you one of the first weekend getaways that I had planned. It was when Kevin and I first got together. It was going to be our first, like, weekend away. Um, I had never really, like, booked hotels as, like, a teenager in my early 20s. I never stayed at hotels. I didn't know what to look for like I do now. And I booked a bed and breakfast. Um, and that was the last time we will ever stay in bed and breakfast. <laughs> Wasn't for us. I made the mistake of um, we arrive and it's a um, an older woman who is very sweet. And she welcomes us and she walks us into the house and then she shows us our room and she comes into the room. And she opens up the closet and she shows us the slippers and she's like, she's in the room with us, which is interesting. <laughs> um, and turns out she has like 10 cats. We're both like highly allergic to cats. So we're in this like... Old house, dusty cats. That was, that wasn't fun. Um, and then more recently, the most, I think, hilarious story that comes to mind is, uh, we're staying at a very nice hotel. Um, I won't give details to have this be anonymous, but we're at a Where is the hotel? A nice hotel. Uh, it's in California. Okay. Every hotel I stay at, most part is in California. And, uh, it's a nice place. One of the nicer places I've stayed and, uh, We get home from dinner and we go to brush our teeth in the bathroom and I go to pull my makeup bag out of the vanity 
and there's a cockroach. No. And it is like not just a cockroach. It's like the biggest cockroach you've ever seen. So I panic. I'm like, Kevin, you have to come in and and handle this. And he doesn't want to handle it either. And what ensued was this hilarious, like, it's like 1230. It's, It's midnight almost, you know, past midnight. And... We are just screaming and slapping and banging and just like, we could not catch this thing. They are so fast. So finally, by the end of the whole massacre, we had finally got the cockroach. It's on the floor. We took a picture to document it. And just around it is just toiletries and towels and like the disastrous scene of all of our crap everywhere. Because it was in my toiletry bag. No. Yes. So like they kind of burrow like. They, they see that you see them and then they, they kind of dig deeper. So it was like, oh, we couldn't gosh. get this thing. Wow. So it was scary, but also as we think about it, like hilarious that the two of us were like running around this room, like five-year-old well, neither girls just of you wanted to deal with it. No. Yeah. I will say we notified the hotel. They handled it very well. It was in an area where um, you do tend to get bugs that come inside just due to the climate um, and them looking for water. So it, it happens. I get it. But I've never had that happen to me at, at a hotel. So wow. it, was like, it was pretty wow. funny. Yeah. That takes the cake. That yeah. takes the cake. Do you have any advice for people when trying to make weekend getaway plans? On a budget. Yes. Um, definitely lots of tips there. I think the key with with budget, um, I do a lot of research. So I, I have places I like to go. And of course, I always end up like finding places that are more money than I'd like to spend. So I've developed some hacks to get in at a lower price. So first things first is to be mindful of when the off season is in certain areas, wherever you want to go. And trying to go around that time where oftentimes you can get the same type of room and service and experience at like... 30 to 40% lower than what it would be. Right. So I'll give you an example. There's this place in Big Sur that I am dying to stay at. It's called Ventana Big Sur. Mm-hmm. And the rooms are outrageous. They're like $1,500 a night. That's just like beyond what I would ever spend on a, on a hotel. Whoa. But they recently rolled out this glamping area. And it's in this beautiful redwood grove on their property. It is like the most Instagrammable glamping setup you've ever seen. It's $800 a night. Again, too expensive. Right. So uh, this sort of ties into another hack, which is when you're booking a trip last minute, trying to call the hotel and see if they'll give you a deal. Sometimes like if they have a hotel room open that night, it's not going to get booked anyway. Sometimes they'll give you a deal. Right. So I tried doing that with Vantana and they're like, sorry, we just, sorry, man, we just don't do that. And I'm like, well, when's your off season? And they're like, well, for glamping, you know, that's around January, February. I'm like, cool. What's the price on, on the glamping per night? And they're like, yeah, it goes down to like 250, 300. So all of a sudden, something that's totally unattainable, $800 a night, if you just go at a time where, okay, it's a little foggier, maybe the weather isn't as nice, but there's going to be less people and you can get the same thing for a fraction of the price. So that would be tip number one, is tracking when the off-season is. Um, We also just went to Palm Springs. Off-season turns out is the summer because the desert is not the best place to be in the summer. It was 115 degrees when we were there, but when you're laying at a pool, you know, sipping drinks, this doesn't really matter. Um, and we got a, a big a discount. Hack. Yes, because it was the off season and those rooms were open. Yeah. Um, we also had better luck getting upgrades on those rooms because they don't have a lot of people there and you buy their standard room. They're like, well, we've got this suite available. We'll, we'll upgrade you if you ask. 
Wow. So that would be my first tip. And then the somebody else has told me yeah. about doing the calling, calling yes. the hotel. Because yes. every everything is just so I don't know the percentage of people booking online, but that's just like where everything is. Mm-hmm. And somebody else told me that hack. So yes. you are the second person I believe it. Yes, it's true. Um, and you call and you say, Hey, I'm I'm gonna be in town tonight. I really love your property. I'd love to stay with you guys. This is my budget. I notice your rooms right now are a little over that budget. Would you be open to to negotiating? Do you think that room's going to get booked anyway? A lot of times we're like, actually, no, it's it's not. I mean, it's three o'clock on Friday night. It's probably not going to get booked. So sure, I'll, I'll give you a deal. So you can definitely, I'd say it's always worth it to ask. Right. Same thing with upgrades. You know, you, you pay for the basic room and then you say, hey, you know, we're so excited to stay here. Could there be any opportunity to get a, a better room? And sometimes they like give you a little wink and, you know, yeah. upgrade you to a better room. So that's always wow. fun too. That's pretty great. Yeah. That's pretty great. You were going to say something else. Another more another advice for people when trying to make weekend getaway plans on a budget. Yeah, well, I guess I have a, a couple of, of thoughts um, that maybe aren't necessarily tied to budget, but I would say what's really important when you're thinking about a weekend getaway is to be mindful of how much you're jamming into your itinerary. A weekend's like 48 hours, right? And when you factor in like sleeping and eating, it's like there's not that many hours left. So we've definitely True. made the mistake of having a full packed itinerary two days in a row and just like not really feeling very rested or relaxed after it. Um, or so. really being able to really take in the ex- any experience because yes. it's just now about getting to the next thing. Yes. And I really enjoy staying at places at hotels and resorts that are in areas and the properties are beautiful enough where like just actually staying at the hotel is enough of a getaway. There's either a hot tub, a pool, a restaurant, a bar, there's room service. Your room has a nice view. Like you can sit and drink a bottle of wine that you buy yourself in your room overlooking the view. Like there's so much you can actually do at some of these properties and some of these hotels that I I try to really focus on that and only have maybe one or two kind of things on my bucket list that I'd like to see, but I try to be not structured with it. It's good. Yeah. Maybe like one or two things. Yes. Keeping it simple. Yes. Keeping it simple. So in this recent trip to Sonoma Coast, I had a a couple things I wanted to do, but the one thing I really wanted to try to see was go to a winery because I I told you there was a wine region there we didn't know about. So we had planned to get there, but after getting there, for whatever reason, we were so tired. And because we had this flexible time in our schedule, we actually just like took a two hour nap. And it was amazing. (laughs) It was like comfy bed, great views, great nap. And I was so grateful that we had the flexibility to do that versus feeling pressured because we had an appointment somewhere or like something to rush off to. And let's be honest, there's nothing like a nap in a big, cushy, freshly made bed. It is so good. And this hotel we were just at, Millie was like, it was on the ocean and the bed, like you didn't even have to move. You could just open your eyes from the pillow and see the ocean. Like that's magical. I don't need to have a whole day packed of itineraries. Like that's a really special part. And if you're spending money to stay at a hotel, like, Enjoy that hotel, milk it, explore the grounds, and see all it has to offer. Oh my god. Yeah. So great. I have another tip that comes to mind with holiday travel. So um, specifically with airfare, this is something we do all the time. So when you're traveling around the holidays, flights are booked. It seems like actually when you travel anytime today, flights are fully booked. Yes. But flights are usually pretty booked. Um, And for the most part, a lot of us avoid checking luggage to avoid the fee. We always have a carry-on bag, right? Mm -hmm. So what you notice around the holidays with fully booked flights is if you are not in the first or second or third boarding group, your carry-on doesn't make it 
you usually end up having to gate check your bag, which isn't the worst thing in the world. But when I land, I'm ready to like grab my bag from my seat and get an Uber and get be off adventuring. Away. I want to get away. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to have to go to baggage claim and wait and risk that my bag potentially be lost. So I, I always encourage people after you book your flight, depending on the airline, look at what upgrades they have available. So for anywhere from like 15 to $30, you can pay this little extra fee and you can get early access to the plane. You can get priority boarding. You can get um, priority in security. And it just makes the whole process like a breeze. Um, and I think especially around the holidays when everyone's like, it's such a hustle and bustle. People are stressed. It's so nice to be able to get on the plane early and get yourself situated and get your bags in and make sure you've got an overhead bin space where you're actually sitting. You know, yes. we've all like gotten on a plane and then your bag's like 20 rows back oh. and you have to wait for everyone to leave the plane. It's awful. So I think around the holidays that becomes especially important because it's crowded. People are stressed. People get grumpy. Yeah. I always personally think it's worth it to spend a little bit of extra. And again, it's not a ton. 20, right. 30, sometimes 40 bucks, depending on the airline, to get treated a little bit more like a like a VIP. Yeah. Who doesn't like being treated like yeah. a VIP? Well, I mean, just having the, the you know, knowing that your luggage is going to, you have it in it's your position, you. yeah. possession, and you can just literally leave the airport once yes. you're off of the that yes. flight. That is... Yes. That's nice. Another thing now that we're, we're into this whole thing is I also try to get a seat as front of the plane as I possibly can, because that's another way where you can simply just grab your bag and be in an Uber. And like the people at the back of the plane are still waiting for people to waiting. leave. Waiting. Yeah. I know. I know. Especially on a weekend getaway. You've got limited time. You've got, you know, two days. You've got 48 hours. I don't want to mess around. I want to, I want to get out and get to my hotel and like start adventuring. So true. Name three things that people should always pack. When they're going, we're back to weekend getaway. It yes. could be weekend getaway or just basic holiday travel. Yeah. This was an interesting one. I don't have like anything that comes to mind. I think the things I pack are so specific to me and where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, in California, you have a lot of microclimates. You have a lot of different places. So I'm always, it's like the typical Bay Area, San Francisco advice is packing in layers. I'm making sure that, you know, I have layers that could go on to my, my outfit that I'm wearing, or sometimes I'm flying and I'm, it's cold here. And then where I'm going is hot. So making sure I have layers that can easily be taken off, um, I think is, is key for me. Like I'm obviously really passionate about photography. So those are kind of my (laughs) essentials is like making sure my photography gear is, I've got my camera, I've got all, I've got the tripod, I've got everything ready. I've got an empty memory card. I've got a battery charge. So like for me, I think that's, that's important. Yeah. Um, I knew a woman one time that would bring her own lighting. Interesting. Whenever she went to like a hotel that she knew the lighting was going to be harsh, she would would bring like some string lighting. It's amazing to like make it softer. I was I was very impressed. I, I was see like, that. I w- I was like I would never like. Yeah, she brought her own lighting. Some people, kinda... a lot of people actually bring their own pillows. Yes. I notice. Um, it depends. Like if you're traveling on a plane, I see these people through the airports like lugging their pillow. I know. I don't know that I would go that far, but when we're don't... driving places. You know, you've got the space. Sure, throw in a lamp and a pillow. Right. Right. <laughs> I think driving definitely do a pillow yeah but I'm just like I don't know like don't goobers get on pillows when you're like ripping it through the airport ripping it through the airport and, and it has to go on the conveyor belt through security oh god Ew. no thank you no oh okay do you how do you feel about camping 
Let's talk about that. Let's talk about camping. How do I feel about camping? I think conceptually camping is wonderful and I desperately want to be a camper. I do too. I want to be a camper. I want to be a camper. I want to be a hiker and I want to be a camper. Yeah. And we just, it is such a California thing and we just, we feel like to be real Californians, we have to be campers and hikers and we just, we keep trying. We try really hard. It just like never works out. Never works out. I don't know why. I, I, I get this great camping gear and I set it all up and it's so peaceful and then I, the bugs, the animals, the like, yeah. I don't know. This sounds like silly. I do like the outdoors and nature, um, but there's something about the outdoors and nature, like in the nighttime that yeah. kind of freaks me out, you know, yeah. um, to get up to pee in the middle of the night and I have yeah. to like go and be out in the elements. And I, the last time we went camping, um, it was actually a really beautiful campground. It was in Half Moon Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Francis State Beach it's called. And you can camp basically right on the beach. And I'm like, all right, there's not going to be a lot of animals there. It'll be fine. Um, We have a really nice camping setup now with our truck. We got an air bed that actually fits in your vehicle over your wheel wells. So it'll either go in the bed of a truck or an SUV. It's called air beds with a Z. Wow. (laughs) Very clever, um, but brilliant because it turns your whole car or truck into a bed. So this air mattress that fits in the bed of our truck is a king size mattress. And then we got a cap for the truck. It's like perfect camping setup. But you still have to get up and pee in the night. And I remember waking up, having to pee, got out. And there's just a, right behind me, I hear rustling. I'm scared. Oh, no. I turn over and it's, it's not terrifying. It's a family of raccoons. No, yeah. You know, see, they're I rustling. Do, they're I coming to me. The they're looking. I've got the flashlight. It's beaming in their eyes. And I'm just like, this is just. I just, like, I can't deal with the family of raccoons. No. Maybe one, I could have handled it, but, like... One or two. And they were there to sort of clean the remnants out of, you know, we had been cooking on the fire, and yeah. they were there to, you know, get their, their snack or their dinner, so, yeah. like, you can't blame them, but uh, even at the beach, you know, you, you, you have that kind of stuff, so... I can't do the raccoons. I think we will keep trying. Now yeah. we have this setup, like, we can... Camping is uh, is is kind of like freeing if you think about it because like there's so many places you can go. You don't need like an expensive hotel reservation. You can like kind of go anywhere. You can just like pick up in your vehicle and kind of drive until you see campgrounds. And a lot of them have um, lots or, or um, sites where you can they're like walk up, so they don't book them. Like you can just it's for people that show up, whoever comes first, first come first serve. So it's kind of fun if you want like an impromptu adventure to kind of have your bed with you in your vehicle and be able to set it up. Wherever you want. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, there is something very magical about like looking up at the stars and yes, you know, and sitting around a fire. Sitting around a fire. It's nice. It's nice. Um, I wonder too if we went with more people or if it were a busier campground, would I feel a little bit better at night? I don't right. know. We're still hopeful. We're gonna keep trying. Yep. Um, I'd just say for much more right now though. It's. Uh, I love glamping. I love glamping. I love glamping. I can give you a list of all the great places to glamp in California. What, There's lots of them. What do you have? Well, give me, give us a couple. Yes. So um, my favorite one of all time in Big Sur, it's called Tree Bones. Now, Tree Bones primarily is these, um, they call them canvas tents. So they're actually built on a platform. They have a deck and really nice Adirondacks chairs. They're looking at the ocean. Um, and then in the tent, you have a bed. You have electricity. So you have lighting. You have usually like a heated blanket. Um, and then they have a sink so you can still brush your teeth and then the bathrooms are communal. So you do have to walk, but like you're in a village of canvas tents and there's like a well-lit path to a, a running water bathroom. So like a little bit different than, you know, an outhouse at a campground. And those are pretty affordable. I think depending on the time of year, 250 or 300. Um, and if you try the hack of actually calling that place, they do have a couple of special glamping accommodations that aren't on their website. 
depending on how frisky you are, one is called the tree hut. It's literally an open air tree hut with a mattress. I'm not that adventurous, but you may be. <laughs> Uh, and the other one that we stayed in was actually a treehouse, which was my first time wow. staying in a treehouse. It had running water. It had a bed. It had a fireplace. It overlooked the ocean. It had a Where was private this? drawbridge. This was at Tree Bones Resort Tree in Bones. Big Sur. Okay. So that's a favorite. Um, another one is called Boone Hotel, and they're in Guerneville, so kind of like the Russian River wine growing region. Um, and Boone has a regular hotel. I think it's a boutique, maybe 10 or 15 rooms. And then from, I want to say May, maybe through October, they have this glamping area that opens up. And they are, again, beautiful canvas tents, well-lit, heated blankets, mattress. You've got your, your table and your chairs and you can drink wine. They bring breakfast to you in bed. So um, those are really fun. And then they also like have a nice little well-lit path to a bathroom with running water and showers and toilets. So like it's kind of the best of both worlds where you're like sleeping in nature, but then you have the amenities to I be like comfortable. That. I yes. like that. Yes. That's pretty great. I know there's probably a lot of like diehard campers that will listen to this and be like, I can't believe they're saying this about I camping. But I, I, I get mean, it. I mean, baby steps. Yes. We'll baby all get steps. there. We'll yes. all get there. Yes. What should people avoid when going away for the weekend? Hmm. I think we talked about some of it already. I would avoid having a jam-packed schedule. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's really all that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not much to avoid. Like, don't jam-pack your schedule. Keep things open to have impromptu, fun adventures, um, whether you're alone or you're with a friend or your significant other. Like, it's yeah. fun to just kind of escape from your regular life of the work week and go to this new environment and new place. So I guess, you know, just being uh, not overly planned and being mindful of being open. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um... I love it. Being flexible. Yes. Spon spontaneous. Yes, because when, when do we get to do that in our lives? Our don't. lives, for the most part, you are don't. so structured. we got to wake up, and usually, for the most part, most of us, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, it's like, it's the grind. That's what you have to do. So there's something really fun and sort of exhilarating to get out of that grind and go to this new environment and yeah. be unplugged from that for a bit and kind of see what happens. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, well, is there anything else that you think is important to mention that we haven't covered? Hmm. You know what? I wrote a note on this, so let me look at what I wrote. I think it kind of ties into what we just talked about, um, which is that it's, it, travel can be such a rewarding experience, and I think it's one of the only opportunities where we can kind of be spontaneous and get out of our comfort zone, and, and I think it, it allows us to grow as people. It's allowed me and Kevin to deepen our relationships, whether you're traveling alone or with a friend or with your significant other. I think you you have that really cool opportunity to have an open mind and deepen those relationships. I like that. Um, you know, one of my friends, actually, they told me that um, it was like mar marital advice, and they were like... Marrying someone is like going on a really long road trip <laughs> yeah. with them, yes. you know. And I was like, "That's so true." Like you're 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 you have to deal with the same person. Yes, you know you can't like you know sometimes the radio doesn't work. Right. You know. Yes. Like maybe the AC isn't working. It's just like anything can happen. Yes, and you it's learn fun. a lot and it's, it's fun. fun. It's fun. I think another thing that comes to mind Millie, to, that I think is is a good reminder for people is that it doesn't need to be far. I mean, especially if you look on Instagram, I see all these amazing photos of these like far away exotic Thailand and, you know, all these different places that people go and they're beautiful and 
and you're sort of enticed to kind of take those big trips. But if you look around where you live, you can probably find places that are hour, two, maybe three hours away that you've never been to that can offer that same kind of experience of going to a new place, getting out of your comfort zone. Um, it doesn't need to be a big, expensive, long trip. You can find stuff in your own backyard to, to do. So I'd say think think smaller, think local. It doesn't need to be a, a big, grand, expensive It doesn't have to be extravagant. Trip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so where can people follow you mm. in all of your travels? Yes. Yeah, so there's two places. Uh, the first is on Instagram. I'm at California Travel Gal. And that's a really good place, gives you snapshots of what I've been up to, all the different places I've been traveling and, and little kind of tidbits of things I'm learning and seeing along the way. Uh, if you want more than that, I'd say CaliforniaTravelGal.com has more longer form um, kind of blog post style content. And if you're looking for more of a, you know, here's an itinerary for a weekend getaway, here's some ideas of where you should think about going, here's some tips on how to get it booked. Um, that's a really great resource for people. Awesome. Yeah. I really want to try out the, the some of these places. You should. Where do you think you're going to go? I think the Tree Bone. Yes. Okay, tree so bone. tip about Tree Bones. Um, tree Bones and a lot of these places, they get booked out in advance. And every time I plan a trip to Big Sur and then try to get a date at Tree Bones, it, they're always booked. Mm. So if you want to go, and this goes the same for as you're looking at hotels, trying to find good prices and availability, like... I identify places I want to stay and then I try to figure out like when's the cheapest place I can go there or time I can go there and then I build my trip around there. So every time we've gone to Tree Bones, like if you look at Tree Bones right now, let's say, all right, three months from now, we're going to go take a, me and Rowan, we're going to go take a trip to Big Sur. I guarantee it's booked. Wow. But if you look, you can say, okay, this weekend in uh, May of next year is open. I'm just going to book it now and then I'll build my weekend trip around that. That would be my recommendation for that. Great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Janelle. Thanks, Millie. This has been great. It has been great. Oh, we'll have you back on for something else. All right. Season three. Season three. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Me, Myself, and Millie. Follow us on Instagram at Me, Myself, Millie for more podcast updates. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and share on social media. A special thanks to my husband, Rowan Brooks, for technical support and Cal Reichenbach, who did all the music you heard in this episode. You can check him out at calzonemusic.com. Thanks, cutie bums, and see you next week.